Praise the Lord, everybody, on today. This is Minister Anthony Bonner coming to you live on the podcast on today with a word to encourage your hearts and feed your spirit and hopefully empower you to take a greater leap of faith or walk in a more secure level of faith in this relationship with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ that we may dare become all that it is that he has ordained and died for us to become. The message today is entitled, New Choices, New Choices. In the book of 2 Corinthians 10, verses 3, 4, and 5, it reads as such, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Dear God, O Heavenly Father, we thank you on today. We ask right now that you would give us understanding, that you would give us wisdom, that you would give us enlightenment, O Heavenly Father, and that the word that we've just heard out of your Holy Scriptures, and that the word, O Heavenly Father, that flows forth right now from the Holy Spirit may be embedded and imparted in our hearts and in our minds, and that it may wrap around us as a shield, that we may be empowered to walk this thing out and be the weapons of mass destructions in which you have ordained us to be. That our mind may be full of these new choices. That our spirit, O oh Heavenly Father, may be imparted with all of these new choices. And that the wisdom of God may give us the ability to discern when they are used, how they are used. O oh Heavenly Father, and always reminded of who empowered us to use them. It's in your son's Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, new choices, new choices. This portion of scripture is specifically talking about the new creation, the new creatures in Christ Jesus, the creatures who no longer war after the flesh, even though we walk in the flesh. We do not war after the flesh because we understand that we do not fight against flesh and blood in Ephesians chapter 6, that our war against Higher beings, our war is against higher beings. It's not against a man or a woman, but it is against the ruler of darkness of this age. It against, it's against Satan. It's against Beelzebub. It, against, it is against the one who was cast out of heaven, who has a spirit, but yet it is an inactive spirit and an inactivated spirit because he's disconnected from the very God in which he was envious of, in which he plotted against, in which he tried to overthrow so he fights against the saints day and night because he dares to continue to be angry and jealous because how can mere flesh, flesh that's created in the image and likeness of God, that are not even divine beings, they're divinely created, but they're not divine beings like angels and like he was. How would you dare give them this relationship with you, this fellowship that I don't have? How would you dare allow them to operate in this very power in which I don't have? So Satan goes about accusing the brothers, a brethren trying to kill, steal, and destroy all that they are and the purpose for which God has ordained them to operate in. And sadly enough, the brethren, the saints, the children of God continue to be ignorant of the very thing that is in their possession, the very power that they have, that Satan has been placed under their feet, that he's been placed behind them. That just like Peter, when God told Peter, that he says, behold, he says, Simon, Simon, 
Behold, Satan has desired to have you that he may ship you as wheat. But I have prayed for you that thy faith faileth not, that when thou art converted to strengthen thy brothers. It is the same thing with you and I. Satan has desired to have us, to shift us as wheat. That is a very slow process. Touching us here, touching us there, taking here, taking there, turning a relationship here, turning a relationship there. And before you know it, many things are out of whack and we're overwhelmed because we're going through life, trying to live life according to the natural mandate for life to get a job, to get several jobs, to work hard, to overstress yourself, to deny your spirit, to feed all your carnal demands, to take care of your family's needs, to take care of your wife's needs, to take care of your own pleasurable needs when you have time for it. But then you starve your spirit of the very divine and natural food. There's no light entering into your dark vessel. There's no true transformation taking place. So after a while, because your life is built upon the sand, it begins to fall down. It's like the old, uh, not fairy tale, but the old nursery rhyme we used to hear all the time, which applies to more men than they're even aware of. Humpty Dumpty sat on the wall. Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. All the king horses and all the king men couldn't put Humpty back together again. We build these walls. We get up on them. We have these false expectations that are not of God. We deny the new choices, the new plan, the new way that God has given us to walk in. And then we wonder why after we fall and we fall off of the wall, that nothing in the world, nothing that we've experienced, nothing we put our hand to, nothing that we put our trust in can put us back together again. We walk through life never being whole again. We walk through life being Wounded. We walked through life laying by the pool of Bethesda for 38 years. We walked by, walked through life like the woman with the issue of blood for 12 years, but never coming into the knowledge that if we can just touch the hem of his garment. We forever remain blind Bartimaeuses because of our ignorance, because of our desire to be kings in this world, apart from the king of kings and aside from the manner in which he's ordained it to be. We're not divinely anointed, not understanding that it is the anointing that destroys the yoke. It is the anointing that will take the burden from off of your shoulders. It is the anointing that will allow you to uh, resist the enemy and he will flee. It is the anointing that keeps you operating uh, in spiritual weapons, never returning back to carnal weapons, understanding that the weapons of your, warf your warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. That's everything that's in opposition of your life that God has for you. That is the revealing and revelation of every dark tactic that the enemy may throw against you. Casting down imaginations. That's your imagination and everybody else's imagination that is contrary to God's plan for your life, God's will for your life. Every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. That's every medical opinion, every political opinion, every financial opinion, every outside opinion, every self-opinion, and even your flesh wants to alter. You can cast that thing down in the name of Jesus because God has given you that power. But you must renew your mind to not only remember that you have that power, you must continue to feed your mind and your heart and your spirit so that you can freely operate in that power, boldly operate in that power, to stand in that place of that power and with that power, knowing that you are who God says you are 
in the book of Ecclesiastes 8 and 4, it says, where the word of a king is, there is power. And who may say unto him, what doest thou? In Job 22 and 28, it says, thou shalt also decree a thing and it shall be established unto thee and the light shall shine upon your ways. This is nothing more than Jesus Christ telling us what he told us in the gospels, that he's going to be with us, that signs and wonders are going to follow the believer, that we can decree things, hallelujah, and he's going to move on our behalf. But are you willing to pay the price to get into such a position, you understand, because this does not just happen because you've said the sinner's prayer. This does not just happen because you go to church. This does not happen just because a man or woman has placed you in a leadership position. This does not just happen because you pray every night or every other night or just because you bless your food. This happens because you surrender to the whole process. All of what I just mentioned and some more has to be required for God to rest upon you so that he can reign in you. We know that we're saved of grace through faith and not of works. So I'm not just speaking uh, denying your works because there are some works that happen as a result of God's grace upon your life and your faith and acceptance of that grace. I'm talking about something greater. I'm talking about you laying down your life, fully believing that the finished works is finished, fully believing that he must increase and you must decrease fully believing that the disciple is not above his master nor the servant above his Lord, that it is enough that the disciple be as his master and the servant as his Lord, that you will allow him to put his hands upon you, that you will allow the potter to put the clay back on the wheel simply because the clay that was made was marred in the hand of the potter, so the potter made another vessel as it pleased him. This is what the word of God says in the book of Jeremiah. Are you down? Are you willing? Because we know that in this life, we're going to have trials and tribulations, John 16 and 33 says. But it says that we can be of good cheer, be of good courage, because God has overcome the world. We know 1 John 4 and 4 says that he that is in you is greater than he that is in the world. We know these things. It is written. But when will we display these things, not only to ourselves, but to those that are around us and to a dying world crying out for a greater power, for a greater manifestation of something real to help them overcome everything that's coming against them. Because what Jesus said still remains today. He had compassion on the people or on the sheep because they fainted. They were a sheep without a shepherd. That's the way we are today. People are fainting and they are as sheep without a shepherd. And God is looking for shepherds that he can shepherd who can afford to be sent forth to take care of the needs of all of his people. He wished that none should perish and that all should be saved. But that requires a change in my life. Am I willing to go through the change? Changes can be uncomfortable. Changes can be scary. Changes can rock my world. Changes can turn my life upside down. The smallest changes require adjustment. Even if you get a dog, you got to go home now every day and take them out to use the bathroom. You got to get up earlier on the weekend. You got to feed them. You got to clean up pee. You got to clean up poop. You understand? You got to buy a lease. You, you, you got to get a pooper scooper for your yard. You got to get bags. There are many things that changes just with this little dog that people love, but they don't count the cost of how their life is going to be altered. Even if you get a goldfish, hallelujah, you got to feed the goldfish. You got to change the water. You got to move the rocks around. You got to do all kinds of things that you may not have counted the cost for. You understand? So progress requires and demands change, but it not only demands and requires change, it demands and requires a challenge. It will challenge you in a lot of places. 
it will cause you to take steps that you normally would not have taken before. And taking those steps can be frustrating. They can be mind-boggling, especially when we are applying this to the steps that are required to follow Jesus Christ, to make him your Lord and your Savior. Hallelujah. Well, you accept him as your Savior, but you have to make him your Lord by some choices and by some change and by some challenges that most people will start, but they do not endure and cannot finish the race because this never stops. As long as we are in the flesh, we must continue to do the things that we started out with when we talked about uh, our mighty weapons of warfare, of being able to understand that though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. Understanding that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. So we must never return back to the way from which God has set us free from. The Bible says, no man having put his hand to the plow and looking back or turning back is fit for the kingdom of God. So once we begin on this path, it is a one-way ticket. Hallelujah. It is a one-way street. There is no returning by any means or for any reason. It is full steam ahead. New choices. Hallelujah. New heights. A greater birth. A greater manifestation. A deeper walk with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. This is the plan. This is the purpose. This should be our pursuit in the name of Jesus. Let us all eat the meat from the table of our Lord, the mature meat that we may grow on, no longer needing to have been taught the, the, the primary or the foundational principles and precepts of the word of God, but operating fully in that high place, daring to be separated, knowing that the Bible says in Proverbs 18 and 1, through desire, a man having separated himself, seeketh and intermingleth with all wisdom. We have to be willing to be separated. Hallelujah. Separated. We may be amongst them in the flesh. Our body may be here, but our spirit is always reigning somewhere else. God, just like he did with himself and the disciples, will call me aside into a desert place so that I can meditate with him, so that I can sup with him, so that I can spend time with him. Don't fool yourself into thinking this meditation is you going off into a closet at your job or you going to sit into a park. It may start that way. No, 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 my brothers and sisters. A desert place is a desert place. It is a place where your resources are non-existent. It is a place where your uh, independence is non-existent. It is a place where your dependence upon him is fully existent. Hallelujah. Where you are being shaken. You're being stared. You've been taken into a deeper level of a connection with him. You're being chastened because you're being anointed and endowed with deeper spiritual gifts. So we must quit playing these games ourselves and trying to alter the process and the path that Jesus Christ walked and that his disciples also walked trying to make it a modern path of 2020. It has never worked in any other previous generation and it will not work in any other generation. That is why the greater works are not happening because people are not submitting to the greater process. They continue to try and thumb it down. The Bible says, and I will close with this, it says, but he that is greatest amongst you, let him be your servant. In Matthew 23 and 11. It says that he and whosoever exalted himself shall be abased. But he that humbles himself, he shall be exalted. The humbling of God is taking those that will go down. Just like the exalting of God, the grace of God, the power of God, the love of God is taking those who have gone up. And there is no limit to the up. These are the new choices we face. 
as we grow in new wisdom, new knowledge, new understanding. Let us apply it so we have a new walk and that we walk in the fullness of this new life that is talked about in Romans 6 and 4. Therefore, we are buried with him through baptism into life. That the same power that raised God from the dead, he says, let us walk in this newness of life. It is my prayer, my brothers and sisters, that God will reign in your life, that he will rest upon you, and that in your submission, in your recognition, you may take your rightful place to rule, to reign, and to reside in the kingdom of heaven that has been ushered into the earth many, many, many moons ago. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.